Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is my mic all properly there? It seems a bit quiet. Hello, one, two, all good. Right. Um, yeah, thanks for doing this again, mate. Um, oh. What have you done there? You still, you still there, Paul? No, he's gone. All oh, right, I was going to say. Unbelievable scenes. <laughs> Start of the season, as you mean to go on. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. If I can slightly adapt the words of that Bobby Zamora vine, which I'm sure you've all seen, we're back. It's the brand new season of We Are Going Up. At least put you back into it, Bobby. Uh, welcome to episode 158. David Cameron Walker, hello. Hello. I'm Mark Crossy. This is our fifth season. Welcome. Them. Welcome one, one and all. Two, three, four, five. They said it'd never last. And here we are. The fifth season of We Are Going Up. It's August. We're full of optimism. There's a lot to catch up on. First things first. We didn't get the gig as the new host of Football League tonight on Channel 5. I know. We Try never got the call. As we may. We never got the call. Have you heard they're going to bring in like a set of fans every week um, into the studio? What, like? Like Saturday Night Football, like the Premiership Parliament, oh, I remember d- back in the day. Not like Soccer AM, where they're all from the no, same club. No. I don't think there's a loop, <laughs> like a loop of Blissett stand or anything. <laughs> well, there should be. Um, anyway, but yeah, so that's on your TV, Channel 5, this Saturday night. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, Do we but- need that? Do we need fans in the studio? No, I don't think we do, but I'm intrigued to see how they're going to do it. It's, it's show us the football! <laughs> it's Bob, the Cambridge fan. So, Bob, it could be like this show, with anything. Yeah. Um, do you get away this summer, have a nice time? Um, no, I mean, as, as listeners to the pods late last season will probably not remember. Spent all your pennies, didn't I've, you? I've been away already this year, so I've not been away anywhere this summer. Now, the thing is, I love my football, but I do like a break in the summer. Mm. Hence, I feel a little bit underprepared. It's like I've only just come back from a pre-season holiday. professional to the last. Y- you've been... You've been it's sort not of... like you don't know this is going to happen. I know. Like, five years in a row, this is... You need to it's be It's just prepared. dawned on me. Suddenly, it's back. It's here. I've been out of the loop. Um, anyway, so uh, you'll know from previous seasons, we tend to do three specials. We've just d- decided to combine it all into one bumper podcast today. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's coming up in a second uh, first things first the young players special DC what happened to that well it's, it's still <laughs> in it's still in the offing yeah it, basically it was a bit harder than we initially yeah. thought <laughs> just a bit yeah um, but we could we could claim we have we've, the whole summer been well, we, we've moved our ambitions further on we are aiming higher than what we initially thought as well what we want to do is basically go and spend the day at one if not more than one Football League academies, from yes. proper clubs, speak to coaches, speak to players, and do a proper, you know, study. Well, you're covering this quite well. Insight into yeah. young players. Okay. Adding that into yeah. the data <laughs> that we got from our yeah. our repeated requests yes. for information. Thanks to the one person who tweeted us over the summer asking <laughs> where that was. By the way, uh, the other headline news from the summer is that we don't live in the same city anymore. No, we don't. Um, I've I've deserted you. Mm, um, you have. You left me. I have. So I've deserted the city of London. Now, hence, I am here right now. 
Um, I like to time my arrivals in London, by the way, just when there's a tube strike. I like <laughs> the extra buzz of trying to get to where I'm trying to go without the use of the London Underground. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've moved back. To, I'm in, I live in Manchester now, so um, that's going to make the logistics of this a little bit more difficult as the season goes on. But we'll find a way. Hashtag find a way. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm here right now. It's obviously, great for you in terms of Berry, though, isn't it? it? Certainly is. More on that later, but not more on Watford later. Play, well, play the uh, play the, the sound effects now. Well, Hallelujah! He say it's that it's a Watford you, free zone. It's not entirely Watford yes, it free is. zone. It's a Watford no, free no, podcast. No, no, fade him down. There will the be the occasional mention. I'm going to have to get some in just to keep me sane. That Luton fan who always tweets to say you, you bang on about <laughs> Watford. <laughs> Let's see if he tweets us now. Uh, um, so, uh, so yeah, so, well, basically, we're just going to combine it all into one show. We're going to preview the seasons in uh, League Two, League One, and the Championship. Quite worryingly, a couple of people seem to um, regard our betting tips, our predictions, as that what they then go with themselves, <laughs> which is extremely worrying because I, start, I started mine about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, and also, you should have seen, we've just been for a bit of food before we record this in Byronburg around the corner. You were there. You got a little notebook out. I'm going to paint a picture here. You had your, your, your pen out, and you were trying it. We were looking at the 4-4-2 season preview and the Racing Post excellent football preview, and you were concocting your own theory, mathematical theory, as to which teams were going to get promoted this season. Yeah, yeah. It was um, a score out of five on four categories, equaling obviously a total out of twenty. And remind me of the four categories uh, again: manager, manager, players, players, budget, budget, support, support. Okay, so you were giving each of those a score out of five yeah. for each team. Out of the 72 sides, how far did you make it? Well, I've only done three teams so far, and it's <laughs> right. becoming increasingly clear. Actually, no, I've done four. Maybe we should, Burnley. Have, should have started this um, more than half an hour before becoming, the podcast. It was, became very quickly apparent that my entirely arbitrary system of evaluating these teams' chances of promotion was exactly that, uh, and pretty much useless. Um, right. But, hey... You've got to try something, haven't you? A lot more of that to come, so we'll have our (laughs) predictions later in the show. Also, we're going to be speaking to the excellent Mark Langdon from the Racing Post, who is the font, isn't he, really, of all football knowledge, just generally. Absolutely, yeah. We, We had him on the show, actually, last season when we did our live special from that pub. I can't remember the name of the pub, but um, um, down by prostate the prostate cancer, the Men United Arms, I think you'll find. That's right. What What's it called? called? The prostate cancer pub <laughs> down by the uh, down by the Thames. So, Mark is going to come and help us. Uh, well, he's going to basically sound like he knows what he's talking about. Well, he, he does. does. And um, he does. we're going to talk through each uh, league with Mark a little bit later on. We're also going to speak to Adam Lord from the Visitor newspaper uh, in Morecambe. He is going to fill us in on what's been going on down at the Globe Arena. Morecambe. Not, I don't think it's called the Globe Arena anymore. What? I think they've lost it. That, yeah. is, a, that is a bombshell. Morecambe, my second favourite team, of course. Uh, so we'll be chatting to him later. Also, we're going to speak to Paul Kendrick, who is the... Um, correspondent, football correspondent of the Wigan Evening Post and uh, the Wigan Observer. Wigan Athletic are in the third tier of English football this season. They begin life hotly tipped in League One. We'll catch up with Paul later. Find out what's been going on down at the DW. Is it still called the DW? Or is it now called the DS Stadium? Did they change it? Not sure. <laughs> Not sure. It's a strong start, this. Uh, but first, <laughs> we're going to begin in the Championship. And, well, there's so many talking points to look at here, but we, we've decided to start at Hillsborough. Why? Mr. Walker over there, you're looking at the Wigan Stadium, aren't you? I'll carry on then. No, I'm looking at the Globe Arena. Okay, we're going to well, start... Maybe it is called the Globe Arena. I'm sure someone told me the other day that they've lost it. I read somewhere that they've lost the sponsorship deal. With as the, long as they've still stadium. got the best pies in the country, that's all that matters. Um, we're going to start Hillsborough in the we Championship. stitched up in the first bloody <laughs> thing of the season. Um, Hillsborough, why are we starting there? DC, Sheffield Wednesday. Well, why not? Because why not? There's been lots of things happening over, lots of lots of activity. New manager, new manager. There's, you know, obviously there was a takeover at the end of last season. There was comings and going in the uh, the, the football hierarchy there, and 
they are a proud club with a great history in English Huge football club. but have just been middling around in the championship for a little while now so is this the year they get back together let's discuss it um, we're going to play in an interview uh, we've done already with Mr David Garrido uh, who you might know from Sky Sports <laughs> News HQ HD um, he uh, presents on that regularly and he was on there earlier today with Hayley McQueen when I was watching anyway we caught up with David a short time ago and I began by asking him to sum up the mood as a Sheffield Wednesday fan which of course he is going into the brand new season I think the mood is pretty optimistic, to be fair. Um, it's funny because I've actually written a piece on what the summer's been like for a Sheffield Wednesday fan for the first match day programme at home to Bristol City. And um, I kind of started off by saying, so how was your summer? And, you know, saying, well, it's been one of the best ones in recent years. I mean, making almost a dozen signings there or thereabouts is unheard of for Wednesday fans. But had they always felt that way? I very much doubt it because... You know, after May and uh, actually DC, you and I, we went to the, the Watford game at the end of last season, didn't we? And we managed to, to nick a point off you there. And we thought, OK, right, we, we head into the summer break with, you know, a decent sort of set of results. And then nothing. Silence. And then Stuart Gray was sacked. And so, you know, this sent Wednesday fans into meltdown on social media. Um, then we heard about Carlos Carvalhal, who is this guy? Google him, Wikipedia him. Um, you know, you're wondering, what's going on? Who is this dude? You know, is, it, is there a link with Mourinho? He knows Jose. Does he know Jose? Can we get the players in online from Chelsea? What's going on? And then Mark Cooper, is he coming from Swindon? Is he not? Don't know what's happening there. Is he head coach? Is Carlos head coach? Is Carlos director? It, it just went a bit nuts. But then, of course, things started happening behind the scenes. And I've been quite close to the club over the summer and the signing started arriving. We built from the back, so uh, a few defenders, Lachman and Tasso and Jack Hunt, who I think is a really good signing on loan from Palace, and Lewis Price as a keeper, and then a few more, a bit more creative players. And then suddenly, we've got what looks like a decent-looking squad to, to push on this season. So, you know, I think the, the mood has been building and building, and on top of that, we've got a brand-new carpet and a big telly, so who could possibly play? <laughs> I agree with you. The signings do look good. Uh, there's a nice mixture there between the players who've come in from, from Europe, from, from Portugal in particular, some of them, but you know, mixed with McGugan, who was there last season, a yeah. proven championship performer if he can get his act together, and Ross Wallace, the other players you mentioned. So I'd be quite optimistic in terms of the players you've got that have come in, combined with the ones that are already there. But the question mark's got to be over the manager slash head coach. I mean, the guy's managed 14 clubs since 1998. <laughs> Not really really had any success to speak of at any of them. Um, I mean, do you, are you, you confident he can be a success in the championship? Do you know what? I, I, I am. I mean, it wasn't so long ago we were saying, well, foreign coach in the championship doesn't really work. But then look at what happened with, um, well, Woody Kanovich taking mm. Watford up. I know that he's not your coach now, but even so, I took Karanka at Borough. Yes, OK, so Karanka maybe we'd heard of a little bit before. Yakanovich, had we? Really? Don't know. So it, it proves it can be done. And I think that, you know, we've got to give this guy a bit of time. He's got his methods. He's written books on coaching. He's very much the scholar, actually, when it comes to that kind of thing. And uh, he's into something called tactical periodization. Not entirely sure what that's all about, <laughs> but I'm sure we'll find out. Sounds very Jonathan season. Wilson to me, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a little bit, isn't it? Um, I think it's actually yeah. more to do with the fitness. I think uh, that's something that Raymond Verheyen, oh, yeah. the outspoken Dutch coach, uh, is very oh. keen on. It's, it's to do with basically making sure that each player has special training methods and they rest and get all that sort of appropriate rest okay. time and well, all that stuff. I, yeah. I'm in favour of all that. I think that's right. You know, targeting you know, uh, having a tailored fitness regime and, 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 you know, making sure that you're on top of all of that. 
look, you know, his, his CV is, is perhaps a little confusing. And sometimes it feels like maybe he's lucked into a job, certainly for Schicktas. The guy that he was replacing essentially was, was, was up for, you know, for a, a, some sort of kind of criminal offence. He had to kind of, you know, serve some time, clear his name, come back. In any case, it was, it was quite, you know, a, a bit of a surprise appointment. But I do think that he's certainly approached the job in the right way. He's, he's dealing with the media in the right way. He's saying all the right things. And now he's got some signings behind him, presumably that he's had a say in because he's part of the sporting director by committee that we now have at Sheffield Wednesday as well. So, um, you know, he's going to give it a a good go. And I think the fans are right behind him now, even though right at the start it was, you know, yes, perhaps a little bit of a surprising choice. Um, David, looking at last season, Sheffield Wednesday finished uh, 13th, um, which isn't too bad, mid-table. 17 clean sheets. I've got to be honest, every time I seem to look at the, the, the score from uh, Hillsborough, it seemed to be nil-nil. Um, yeah, we had the most nil-nils of any team last season. Yeah, so um, yeah, it just shows what it was like at Hillsborough. Goals have got to be the issue then. Where are they going to come from this season if uh, Wednesday are going to do better than last year? Well, I think certainly we're going to be creating more chances um, for, for someone to stick away. I, I do believe that there are, there are more signings uh, to come before the transfer window closes. So, um, and, and we've been crying out for a striker. We, we've bought this guy called Lucas Schwab, but he is very young. He's 71 for the future. Was uh, certainly kind of being monitored by the top clubs in Portugal um, and has been, you know, in the Portugal on 21 squad and, in fact, on the bench for the Portugal senior team as well. So he's certainly a, a hot prospect. The question of just how he takes to, to English football, I would say. Um, I think that, you know, the, the current crop of strikers that we do have, I don't think we've seen quite enough of Sergio Bush. I'd quite like to see him a little bit more signed on, on deadline day in January. Um, and of course, then we've got Stevie May and Atty Nuku. And, and I, I think there may well be departures. Atty was, was linked with MK Don. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen. He seems to have, you know, found his mojo again in pre-season. We'll see how he goes. I think, obviously, Atty, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a big guy, lacks a bit of pace. Um, and uh, yet, yeah, you know, he's great on the floor. He's, he's got good, good technical ability. So I think that, you know, we'll see how we go with that current crop. Uh, Lucas will add to that. But I think that one more sort of striker should come in. And then I think we're, then we're set. Uh, and then, you know, they can put away the chances that no doubt McGugan, Wallace, as you mentioned, Mark and Matthias as well. Will, will create for that player. Interestingly, you scored 11 more goals away from home than you did at home last season, which obviously you know backs up what we were just saying about the, the goalless draws and the, uh, and the performances at Hillsborough. But was that anything to do with the style of football? Like, Do you think there's going to be a change in mentality or there certainly needs to be a change in mentality in terms of attacking football at home and maybe getting the crowd up and making Hillsborough more of an intimidating place to go for other teams? Absolutely. Uh, there has to be a change. There will be a change. Already we've seen that from, from Carlos Cavallial in the pre-season. The results haven't been you know, particularly impressive apart from the 5-0 win over Samiran at home. Now, I'll give you one of the reasons why our away form was better than our home form last season. First of all, we were playing at perhaps a little bit more attritional football, which is suited to playing away from home. And sometimes when you play that at home, and maybe you stick one up front at home, then the crowd get on your back and then it's not so easy to play. And the second reason was that our pitch was perhaps more suitable for speedway than it was for football <laughs> last season. Um, and we managed to, to, to get rid of that problem. We've got a brand new desert pitch uh, that we've paid about a million pounds for. Um, so I think that will suit the likes of McGugan. Um, and, you know, he, he himself, I think, is looking forward to, to playing on a pristine surface rather than something that was a little bit more like a potato field. So, yeah, I, I think the changes will come. 
Uh, and we're already just starting to see it. And hopefully we've got the right signings now to, to make the best use of that. David, you said you've, you've been close to the club over the summer. Obviously, you know, you'll hear things and, and speak to people there. In terms of the, the owners, uh, I don't know how you pronounce his first name. D- Dave Fon? Dipon Chancerai, uh, the Thai owner of the club. I mean, how confident are you that the club is in good hands for the foreseeable future? Um, do you know what? I, I am very confident. Um, he's a really interesting guy, actually, Dipon Chancerai. Um, he, he monitors things very closely in terms of what the fans are saying uh, on message boards, on discussion forums, on, on social media. And, and he does really care. He does really want this to be a success. Now, he, it's been very well documented. He wants to try and get Sheffield Wednesday promoted to the Premier League for our 150th anniversary, which is in a couple of years' time. That is obviously quite an ambitious plan. But I remember sort of speaking to him. I went up to, to see Carlos Carvalho presented as our head coach, which happened sort of a little while after the, the original appointment came because the, 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 the owner wanted to be there. And so I, I kind of spoke with him and, and you know, he, he, I remember he asked me, he said, are you coming up for the first game against Bristol City? And I said, well, it kind of, yeah, it kind of depends on my work at Sky. I'll have to sort of see if I can work it out. And he sort of held my gaze for, for what seemed forever and simply said, you should come. You yeah. have to see the difference. At which point, I just made a few phone calls and made sure that I was free and that the diary was clear for the 8th of August so I could see the first time game against, um, against Bristol City. And, and I do really sense um, this is a, a real passion project for him. But he's, he's sort of openly said, we're learning. He, he hasn't had any involvement in football before, but he's taken a lot from the connection with Milan Mandaric when they handed over the club and, and he still calls on him for advice and support. He's built the sporting director by committee. He has a couple of aides close to him um, that also have worked in football before. So, you know, I do think that he's surrounding himself with the right people and that he does really want this to be a success. And ultimately, he's a businessman. And, you know, if it, if it is a success, then he will reap the rewards from the riches that are, you know, available in the Premier League, you know, for, from next season onwards as well. I notice on uh, social media today, uh, David, you've been tweeting your... Uh... Your, your, your team this season and the team shape what have the Sheffield Wednesday fans been saying to you on there are they all pretty well, optimistic like you do they share your optimism about this season I think, I think they do what I tweeted was the, the, the list of 11 signings that we've made in this summer So, and I just had a look at them and go oh look they fit into a team that actually in terms of you know, not playing anyone out of position massively so, so yeah so I kind of put a 4 2 3 one formation but I, I think that actually it's not going to be that team I think that for example that team doesn't have Tom Lees in it and he's just signed a new contract he's a, he's a, a vital part of our team as is Kieran Westwood who was responsible for those 17 clean sheets largely that season some of, some of the performances he had he single-handedly you know made sure that we, we didn't go a goal down um, so those two would almost certainly be in that team and maybe there might be a couple of other changes uh, I think the Sheffield Wednesday fans are really optimistic I think that they want to see a blend they want to see a blend of the, the original squad and the new signings I don't think that Lucas Ralph for example, will start. Um, but I, I think that you know they're very excited, particularly that we've gone for some players with, with pace and, and experience in the championship. I think that, for example, Ross Wallace is a smart signing. Jack Hunt has been very impressive, both uh, at Forest and at Rotherham on loan from Palace. And, and you know, combine that with, with some of the, the foreign players that we don't know too much about. I'd be really interested to see the class of Alex Lopez signed on loan from Celta Vigo and already Vincent Sasso, uh, who, who has uh, come on, on loan from Braga. He said that he wants to make that stay permanent. So I think he's a player that can grow and grow as well. I think that overall there is a lot of optimism. Whether we'll make it into the Premier League next season or the season after, well, OK, let's, let's wait and see. But I think that already this is an improvement. And everyone, I think, if you're a championship fan, you follow 
you know, all the teams in the championship, you'd say that our squad now is is markedly stronger than it was at the end of last season. Well, let's have a look at some of those other teams, David. You will be uh, you know, well aware of all the other teams in the division, not just as a fan, but also through, through your job as well, particularly from the other day. We're covering yeah. the old, uh, the old 92, 92 live and everything. Oh, yeah, but um, about recovered from that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I can imagine. But, I mean, who who do you see as the, the main challenges uh, for the division? Obviously, the bookies have got Derby in Middlesbrough really as the, the two standout favourites. But mm. where do you see the, the, the big teams in terms of promotion race this season? I think that's about right. I would, I would imagine Derby particularly. Um, I like some of the signings they've made. Um, Andreas Feynman, I think, is a smart one. Uh, I think Borough will be up there. Um, I think Ipswich will be up there. I know that they're always up there. I mean, you know, whether they end up in the playoffs or not. I, I, you know, I think um, you know, they, they've obviously sold, sold Tyrone Mings, but they've managed to, to get a, a fantastic fee for that. And, 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 you know, have signed a couple of good players. Um, Jonathan Douglas, I think, is a good one because he's no, he knows the championship. He's, you know, a, a good professional. He's, he's around that sort of age where, you know, he, he, he knows the division so well, but he's still got plenty to offer. It's not like he's over the hill and, and others too. I, I would also sort of add to that mix Wolves. I, I think Wolves will, you know, OK, so they've, they've decided to, to, to let Bakary Sacco go but then you know if the Premier League comes calling you're going to go aren't you but I do think that you know they are the team that have really kind of moulded well under Kenny Jacket and I think I think that they will be at least playoffs Final question David you just sort of hinted at it a moment ago DC um, how fun was the, the 92 live um, the other day with uh, Phil Brown getting a live waxing on British television yeah that wasn't my favourite moment <laughs> I kind of went oh, oh don't, don't show me that again except we did over and over and over <laughs> again as we replayed that moment uh, no it was brilliant I mean it's like a mini deadline day isn't it I think uh, I think the fans appreciate it we, we get up and about around the country and it's got that sort of feeling of will we get it done you know, in time, we, we set ourselves a 12-hour limit and, and getting around 92 clubs. It's, it's a an organisational and logistical nightmare, I'm sure. But in terms of on-air and, you know, just keeping that pace and, and moving from, you know, place to place, it's great. And, and it allows our reporters to get out there and be a bit creative. And, and for me, I don't know if you saw it, but hero of the day, Jamie Weir. Did you see the save? The save, yes. Dean Cox Leighton Orient, yeah. It was you amazing. Know? And Cox, admittedly, the, the first couple of free kicks were awful. They were absolute pony, but he get, got him, you know, got his sights in, and then Jamie gets in goal, and and Jamie admittedly, he probably admit himself, he's not the most spelt of individuals, <laughs> um, but he really got across and stuck out, and I was well impressed. And then he ended the day on a segue at Tottenham, just bizarre, but it was one of those really fun days. And also credit to James Cooper getting a nice bath in full suit uh, at Berry. Um, to speak to Flitcroft. I thought that was also a, a very, very uh, courageous move. I, you know, much rather him than me. Uh, but yes, it's a lot of good fun. And, uh, you know, and obviously Jim White in a helicopter couldn't quite keep his lunch down. That was another little <laughs> highlight. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, it was the whole thing, you know, it's just something to really get our excitement going ahead of the new season, to, to profile the clubs that don't necessarily get a huge amount of airtime and column inches and, and all the rest of it. Um, and really just, you know, get build up to, to August the 8th, or, or in this case, August 7th with Brighton Forest, uh, the live Sky game at the Amex. So, well, yeah, can't wait. That was David Garrido from Sky Sports News HQ HD, which is a hell of a mouthful. Um, chatting to us earlier about the new season at Hillsborough and 92 Live, of course, which we enjoyed. Uh, now it's time to take a look a little bit in more depth, I suppose, at the championship and the runners and riders this season and to help us do that. Um, on the phone right now is Mark Langdon, the football editor of the Racing Post. Mark, thank you very much for coming on the show. No worries. Um, I no imagine worries. this week's like Christmas for you, I suppose, at the start of the season. It is, it is 
was like Christmas in some ways. It was also horrendously busy um, get, get, getting our pull-out uh, ready, 72 pages. Um, there was a, it, it was a frantic week, but I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're finally on, on sort of the eve of the big kick-off. And, um, you know, I think that all three Football League divisions are absolutely fascinating. Of course, the championship, usually sort of, you know, stereotypically it's considered to be an, a bit of a lottery, I think, but um, not this time, according to the bookmakers, at least, because... Um, Derby and Middlesbrough um, having spent so much money over the summer. I think it's easy to see why they're considered um, first and second favourites to go up this season. Mark, before we, we get into some of the nitty-gritty about the Championship League 1, League 2, I just want to ask you, because I've, I've been reading this, uh, the big kickoff um, pullout, as you just mentioned, and it is, it's, you know, so much detail. You've got ins and outs for every club. You've got, you know, interviews with players, managers, all sorts of, of opinions from pundits and odds and markets. And, and, you know, you are one of the chief architects of this piece. And how much time and effort goes into making this and how, how much kind of research do you have to do to get this thing together? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it probably starts almost as soon as the, the, the last ball is kicked in the championship playoff final. Once we know um, all four divisions already, the, the journalists that know which leagues they're covering are already thinking about the kind of teams that they, they want to you know, be with and against, obviously depending on transfers. But I think even in that sort of early time, you, you can get a vibe, can't you, as to which teams are, um, you know, are positively looking at the new season, maybe increasing their budget, and likewise those that are not. But um, so you can get a feel for it then. But in terms of the actual work, because there are so many transfers, it really is sort of like a ten-day um, sprint to, to get those seventy-two pages out, and um, yeah, it's a lot of hours in there. And it wasn't helped this year. We've had um, unfortunately three people um, had weddings to go to on the weekend when we were <laughs> supposed to be producing it, and. Um, so, um, yeah, there were three weddings and a baby. One of our chief um, sort of page designers, he uh, cruelly and foolishly decided that if his wife would have a baby two or three days um, before it went off to print. So it was probably more stressful than it has been even in, in other seasons. But um, it, it's always well received. So we're more than happy to sort of, you know, get through the hard yards, if you like, and, and get it out there. OK, let's get into the nitty-gritty then. Um, Derby cost me some money last season. I'm sure I'm not the only one with their sort of uh, slump towards the end of the season. Didn't even make the playoffs in the end. Uh, Steve McLaren uh, gone, and they've got a new manager, Paul Clement, who was at Chelsea and Real Madrid, and they've made some impressive signings. I imagine that's why the bookies are rating them so highly this season. Yeah, it is. I mean, when you can spend what three million pound on, on Jason Shackle, uh, you know, as a centre back, and just take him um, from Burnley, and of course, you know, uh, further forward, Ince and Bent will already add uh, more to, to the goals of Martin. I think I think Martin's injury last season really hurt Derby yeah. um, at a time when they were looking um, to, to kick on, and you know, they, they, they were such a free-flowing team at their best, and they just did, it just had that little sticky spell, and it was enough to sort of cost them that playoff spot. I mean, uh, Forms return from injury will be absolutely massive because you know he, he's a really influential player I think at the championship level Will Hughes has stayed on and I'm sure there were Premier League teams that, that were looking at him so there is quality for you know right throughout their team the question mark I've got against them is the manager now um, Paul Clement comes with a huge reputation um, you know for, from all the work he did as a, a sounding board for Carlo Ancelotti at Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid but um, I, it's still different to you know managing a team on a Saturday and then a Tuesday in that hectic 
46 game period that you have in the championship and um, I do think there has to be a question mark there now he could be um, you know the next Jose Mourinho we just don't know but I think that would be my, my doubt and I was at a preview night with Harry Redknapp um, recently and he sort of said you know there's a big big difference between being a manager and a coach everybody wants to be your friend when you're the um, the coach and you know he, he can have a laugh and a joke with the players but um, it's when you're a manager you pick the team and all of a sudden um, you know there's four five six players players unhappy sitting on the bench that's when you're really tested so um, that would be my question mark I'm not saying that he's useless but by any stretch of imagination I'm just saying we don't know so it has to be considered a gamble absolutely I, I definitely agree with you there I mean you can't argue with the squad the players that are already there and the players they brought in they, they look all set up but then you probably would have said the same sort of thing 12 months ago and look look what happened but going on to to Middlesbrough now now I find them quite an interesting prospect they're, they're rated very highly by the bookmakers they have spent you know five and a half million pounds on on Stuart Downing who was knocking on the door of the England squad again recently and had a very good season for West Ham last year they brought in a few other players but they have lost Bamford and they were expected to sign Jordan Rose but that still hasn't happened they haven't really you know lost Tomlin as well in the last few days so they didn't score enough goals as it was last year and then they've, they've lost goals from the team uh, again over the summer so they definitely I think need more ammunition up front if they're going to really challenge again for the top two yeah, I mean, I was more confident, I have to say, about a week ago when it looked like Jordan Rhodes um, was coming on board. And I still feel like, you know, eventually Blackburn will cave. You know, if Middlesbrough offer, um, you know, they've got another three million in the bank or whatever it was for, for Tomlin. If they just keep throwing money at Blackburn, I, I do feel eventually, um, you know, a, a team in the championship like that, it's very difficult to... Um, to turn down that kind of money. I think if they get Rhodes, I think that's the game changer. I think with um, with Jordan Rhodes up front, even though I'm not his biggest fan and I'm not 100% certain you know, he would make the step up to the Premier League, he is proven in the Championship as somebody that would score the goals. I think Vossen can be replaced because I think Downing will do um, that job, if you like, and probably do it um, slightly better. But it's, it's the goals of Bamford. I mean, Stuani looks like he'll be coming in. That There was a problem um, you know, earlier on in the season in terms of you know paperwork and making sure um, that all you know got over the line, but I still think with that defence and the midfield in front of them, that, that let's not forget. And I think that Forshaw's due a bigger season. Um, you know, I thought oh, he was quite disappointing. I felt last season for for, for Middlesbrough when he was given a chance. I think he can have a bigger impact on that team. And I think as well, Karanka having had a season to look at the Championship, and that's where I feel he's got the advantage over Paul Clement. Where he's had that season to look at, it, I think maybe they will be a little bit more adventurous and there were times when possibly um, he, he was too defensive I think they've got good enough players defensively um, to maybe be a bit more expressive and just allow you know the, the likes of Gibson and Friend uh, at the back there um, you know to just do their jobs I don't think they maybe need to be quite so rigid in the midfield and I expect them to score more goals just by being a little bit more aggressive this season Mark obviously we're not going to be able to talk about every team uh, in each division um, but one team I did want to ask you about is Brentford um, because they have had a very very interesting few months we had Mark Warburton on the show right at the end of last season and obviously he's gone off to manage Rangers now uh, Matthew Benham has brought in a manager from Excelsior in Holland Marinus Dijkhausen I think is how you pronounce it they've gone for a different model and obviously they've been very busy in the market as well what do you make of Brentford's chances? Yeah I, I really like Brentford um, you know, they're a team that are using 
um, you know, all kinds of analytics to uh, predict how many points they'll get in, in the season, how many points all their rivals will get in the season. And they've got, you know, they've employed people from the bookmaking world, people I know, to actually go in there and pick their players for them using uh, mathematical models. And so... I, I trust what they're doing uh, because I mean I suppose I wouldn't be in the job I'm in unless I, I believed in kind of you know the the, the way that uh, people look at it from a betting point of view is actually the right way statistically mathematically um, you know I, I think that people are maybe sort of the, the old romantics about the game that you know think it's it's just all knowledge and it's I, I think that there is more to it than that there is a maths no doubt about it to football and um, uh, I was at that preview and like I said with Red, uh, with Harry Redknapp and he really um, didn't like it and we, we had a bit of a debate about it. He, he felt that you know it, it won't be long before it's just computer teams against each other but I, I think that Brentford have signed very well. Uh, you, you look at uh, you know, the, the players that they've brought in um, for, from abroad and I, I think that they've replaced the ones that have gone out. This was a team that was on the verge of the top six last um, season You know, eventually got into the, the playoffs and I don't really see them going backwards now. Some of their players are being targeted by the likes of Hull, but I think that, that, that they put a valuation on a player. If it's met, they'll sell them and back themselves to be able to bring in somebody of uh, at least equal standing. Now let's uh, have a look at some of the who some of the, the clubs who maybe not bang favourites to be right up there in terms of the uh, the odds in terms of automatic promotion, but could perhaps get that way if everything goes their way. I think Wolves, for me, are a club that are very settled and they've had a good season back in the Championship last year. Kenny Jackett is one of the best managers outside the Premier League, I think. And, you know, they, they've got a full season now with Afobe there as well, along with Dicko. They've lost Sacco, but signing Adam Lafondre in particular, I think, gives them a, a real chance of, of maybe crashing into that top two. Uh, yeah, I, I quite like Wolves. Um, I, I can't disagree with too much um, that, that, that's been said there. I do think Sacco will be um, quite a big loss, though, on, on the left-hand side. Um, you know, even with the players that they have managed to bring in, I still feel that he, he as has been proven, I think, by his move to Crystal Palace, that um, you know, he, he was a really good standout player in the Championship last season. One along similar lines, really, um, you know, Mick McCarthy, Ipswich. I mean, Mick McCarthy's I mean, he's one of the best managers in the championship. There's no doubt about that. He, you know, he's got course and distance form, if you like, for, for getting teams promoted. They, um, I'm not expecting them to suddenly become that much worse defensively for the loss of Tyrone Mings. I mean, at the end of the day, he's only a left back, a very good left back, but they had a very good one um, the, the year before at Cresswell, and that, that they managed to cope just fine. And when you can get eight million in for a left back at you know championship level, I think you, you can do some real damage. And Pittman will, will just add further goals to them you know they've already got McGoldrick and Murphy and Sears um, so I'm expecting them to be right up there I have to say um, I think Hull could be interesting come the end of the transfer window um, it's always difficult I think with the Premier League teams to, to judge them until you you know exactly what you're dealing with but for the time being I think that they've got good money for those that they've sold in Brady and Chester and they seem to be going the right way um, about bringing in the, the, the replacements as well We asked uh, for your tweets earlier on today about this season your hopes for the season in a tweet uh, Paul the Bristol City fan says uh, to sign some players establish ourselves in the championship and have a nice little tilt at the playoffs would just be grand Neil the Forest fan 
uh, not sorry, Tony the Forest fan, for Forest to get through a single season with the same manager uh, will be good. And uh, the Tyler then, which is the Reading fanzine, they want 107 points this season. I don't think that's going to happen somehow. And um, what about the teams that are going to struggle down the bottom, Mark? Um, the teams that have come up, we mentioned Bristol City already. They're Preston are back in the Championship for the first time. Uh, in a long time, and I'm trying to think of the third team. Who's the other team that came up from? MK Dons. Dons, yeah. So, um, uh, what about those? I think that um, in terms of, I thought it was a very good League One season last year. Bristol City came up with a lot of points, and I know you just had a tweet of their sort of bemoaning the lack of signings, but um, sometimes I think we can get carried away with, you know, bringing in loads of players. You know, if it worked last year, um, I don't really think that there's that much of a difference between being that good in League One and kind of the bottom half of the Championship. So I think Bristol City should, should be absolutely fine. Preston, I think that it will be difficult um, for, for them, but I, I still expect three teams to be worse. Uh, MK Dons, I think, are the interesting ones. I don't know sort of too much about the, the, the two they've got from Real Madrid. I think Sam Gallagher from Southampton's a very interesting signing because they rate him really highly at St Mary's. So um, I think they've all got a decent chance of staying up. I think Rotherham um, have to be considered the favourites to go down. If you were looking for a surprise side to, 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 to maybe hit trouble, it would be Blackburn. Already lost Gested and Kearney, of course, has gone to Fulham. If they were to sell Jordan Rhodes as well, um, I, I would really start to worry for them. What about uh, one or two teams that you might think maybe are undervalued in, in terms of the bookmakers and in terms of being fancied to, to have a decent season. There are two teams that have caught my eye who I think might do better than expected and they're both London teams, that's Charlton and Fulham. Yeah, well, um, our championship expert, um, Dan Charles at the Racing Post, he really likes Charlton this season, but I've spoken to, to some other people who think that they'll be sort of in and around the bottom three, so I, I, I'm really struggling to weigh them up. I think it could be a, a case of wait and see. I, I wouldn't surprise me if they were top half. It wouldn't surprise me if they were they were really struggling. But I think the championship can be like that. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday would be another team that you know shown good ambition, but uh, you've got to be slightly concerned that a lot of the players have been bringing in, you know, then spending a lot of money on the, the, the ones from the Portuguese league. How will they adapt to um, you know the, the, the Premier League? So I think that they could go either way I agree with you on Fulham though Luke Garbutt's injury is out for six weeks I think um, that, 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 that was today Shame. Um, is a blow because mm. you know he, he's a really good left back and wouldn't surprise me if he was pushing for first team at Everton next season um, but I still think that they've signed good players Kearney in midfield I think that uh, Jazz Richards at, at right back somebody that's played for, for, for Wales on numerous occasions and they were big big underachievers um, last season there are a lot of problems there I, I feel and you know but you've still got the likes of McCormack who should get his fair share of championship goals so um, I, I'm not 100% on the manager if, if I'm being totally honest in, in Kit Simons I think he's got a lot to prove um, but Oh, you know, it was a very early days for him, so maybe he'll improve um, for, for, for a second season at Craven Cottage. They've got the players to do a lot better, I feel. Mark, thanks very much for that. Um, we'll come back to you shortly when we discuss League One. And in just a minute, we're going to talk about one of the three teams that came down from the Championship last season. And we'll be looking to have a successful year in the third tier, Wigan Athletic. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered.
Right then, on to League One we go, and it is a very northern division this season. Uh, we're going to start with a team who had a shocking 2014-15 from the playoffs and a defeat against QPR uh, to relegation a year later. Back in the third tier, FA Cup winners just, uh, what, two and a bit years ago. They are Wigan Athletic, and uh, we decided to get some thoughts on their campaign ahead. Obviously got Gary Caldwell in charge now, so we spoke to Paul Kendrick, who is the uh, football correspondent of the Wigan Evening Post and the Wigan Observer a little bit earlier on. And I started by asking Paul if there was a little more optimism surrounding the club going into this campaign. Well, I... Certainly hope it can't get any worse than last season. It was absolutely, you know, whatever could go wrong on and off the field definitely did go wrong at Wigan. I mean, it's it's a new regime, you know, new chairman, new manager, new team, new optimism. Of course, everyone's optimistic about the new season and we're hopeful that uh, can draw a big line under last season and uh, and get get off to a flyer on Saturday and it's, it's going to be a lot better than last year. Is there any concern, Paul, about the manager, Gary Caldwell? Obviously, he knows a well well-liked player at the club but he's come back and he's the youngest manager now in, in the Football League he was only there you know tail end of last season so you can't hold last season against him you were pretty much down already when he when he took over but going into this season you'll be expected to go back up with the budget you've got and the players you've got but an inexperienced manager at the helm does that worry you? I wouldn't say worry. I mean, it's, there's obviously a big question mark about him with it being his first job in the game. He had sort of five or six games towards the end of last season. But I, I think kind of something that's going to go in his favour is the expectancy levels. I actually don't think there is a tremendous expectation, certainly among the Wigan fans. They, they appreciate, you know, what happened last season is going to take an awful lot of getting over. Um, you look at the players that have come in. I think we've got something like 14, 15 new players this summer. I mean, you know, the most experienced manager in the world would certainly struggle at least to start with to to integrate everyone together get them playing a, a different style of football so I think certainly the Wigan fans they, they've always struck me as being a realistic bunch I don't think there'll be a, a massive expectation on him certainly you know from the start obviously you know over the season you know we've got certain goals that we'll hope to achieve but I certainly think you know given his standing at the club former player former captain he'll certainly get the benefit of the doubt right from the off and uh, I think the fans will certainly give him every chance to, to prove himself well the, the fans hopefully will and I'm sure I'm sure they will I'm sure they'll be patient given what they've seen over the last few years but the chairman 23 year old David Sharp grandson as we all know of of Dave Whelan he's been talking in quite strong terms in terms of what he expects for for this coming season in League One you know wants to go up 100 points I believe he said he wants to smash the division so he's going to be putting pressure on, on the manager surely well, I mean, obviously, you know, comments like that do bring their own pressure. But, um, you know, I was kind of there when he made the comments and it, it didn't strike me as being someone who was arrogantly boasting about, you know, this is what we're going to do. It was it was a young guy who's basically saying, look, you know, if we're going to aim for promotion, we may as well go for 100 points with smash the division. You know, it was kind of a wish thing, kind of, you know, looking at it optimistically rather than arrogantly kind of thing. Obviously, people from outside will see the quotes and say, well, you know, look, look what this guy's saying. But... I think, to be honest, it, you know, we interview so many people these days in the game and it's all about, oh, we've just got to take each game as it comes. And to be honest, it's quite refreshing to hear something like that, actually wearing his heart on his sleeve, saying what the fans want to hear. And, you know, if you can't be optimistic and bullish in pre-season, you know, when can you be? So you've obviously met uh, met David Sharp and there's obviously going to be a lot of attention on him this season because of how young he is and the situation that he's inherited and the kind of... You know, Dave Whelan did a great job for, for Wigan, but he, you know, didn't leave in at the best of times in terms of what happened with him and Mackay last season. What's he like as a, as a young man? And, and do you think he's he's capable really of running a football club? 
Well, I mean, it obviously remains to be seen. He's obviously, you know, going into to massive shoes with his granddad. Obviously, he's going to benefit from having his granddad there. He's not completely going to switch off and, and kind of wash his hands of the club. You know, he's already said, you know, he's going to be taking advice, you know, as and when from his granddad, of course, you know, learning from the best. But, you know, the jury's still out. He's a, he's a very young man to be to be taking over a club. But, you know, he has been in and around the club for, for a number of years. This was kind of always the succession plan. I don't think anyone thought that it was going to happen quite so soon but you know it's we'll wait and see but certainly he's got good people around him to, to guide him and stuff and I think along with the manager he will get the benefit of the doubt because you know like I say you know Wigan fans will, will look at it and they won't expect miracles from the off but you know his heart seems to be in the right place and I think along with the manager they'll both get you know a reasonable amount of uh, benefit of the doubt How old is Dave Whelan off the top of your head? Do you uh, know? Top of my head he's, uh, he's probably mid 70s Wikipedia is probably our friend Well I'm just trying to do the maths in terms of if, if they David Sharp as a goes on to the same age as chairman of Wigan as Dave Whelan. What, 78. God, what year would that, would that make him? Good God. Uh, we'll come back to it. I'll do some slumps. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, DC, would you have been in a fit state to run a football club at 23 years no, old? I certainly no, wouldn't. Certainly not. Um, Paul, transfer business then. Um, it's quite interesting, actually, because there's a uh, one obviously very high-profile signing. Will Griggs come in, uh, best part of a million quid yeah. spent on him. But if you look at the players that have gone out, there's a lot of, I don't know if they're necessarily big, big earners, but a lot of sort of players that have played for Wigan uh, either in the Premier League or in the Championship, like Scott Carson, yeah. uh, James McLean's gone, um, Emerson Boyce, of course, who is in very much a key part of the FA Cup winning team. Uh, on the whole, what do you make of the business that um, Gary's done in the in the summer? Well, it's been incredible. I was just kind of working it out before we came on. It looks to be about 14, 15 in and 17 out. Now, I can't imagine there's there's many clubs up and down the country, you know, with that kind of turnaround of staff. When you throw in the new chairman, you throw in the new manager, the new surroundings of League One, it, it just kind of underlines exactly what a what a tough job it's going to be to hit the ground running. But to be honest, I think a, a lot of the changes that have been made had to be made. You know, we, we mentioned kind of the big earners that have gone. But, you know, these guys, to be fair, were part of the squad that, that kind of brought us down at the end of the season and um, you know with the chairman and the manager coming in it's, it's probably a good time to, to get the broom out you know sweep out the old and, and in with the new and you know it, it does seem to be a young hungry vibrant squad that's come in obviously it's going to take time to gel but I think uh, we're all kind of hopeful that uh, you know once the teething problems are out of the way it does seem to be on paper, you know, a, a team with a quality to, to at least challenge for the playoffs. It must have been a very sort of disheartening couple of years to be a Wigan fan after the, you know, the ecstasy of winning the FA Cup, then the relegation, then you got to the playoffs, didn't quite make it to, to Wembley, got to an FA Cup semi-final, and then the crushing blow of last year. Um, this year, will there be big home gates? I'm looking at the home record from last season, only three wins at home, I think, in the whole of last season in the league. I mean, that's got to be something that Wigan have got to look to correct immediately in League One. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that was that was what killed us more than anything, you know, to go sort of, I think it was seven seven months at, at one time without a home win. And that, that's obviously where your bread and butter is, where you're getting the majority of your points. And it just seemed to, to, to be a, a millstone around the, 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 the neck of, of each manager that was there. And that's obviously something that's that's got to be sorted out. The playing surface wasn't the best, in fairness, last season. But of course, it's the same for both teams. I just think the longer it went on, the more pressure, the more kind of expectation, you know, we're going to win this weekend. We have it didn't happen the, the pressure mounted and um, obviously we're hoping that new season new start and, and we can get off to a flyer because um, obviously any kind of repeat of that home form and we're going to be in big trouble again this season I, I like the look of the, the spine potentially of, of the team and I think that's very a very important thing to, to get sorted out early on you know, we've signed Richard O'Donnell from, from Walsall who 
kept a lot of clean sheets in, yeah. in what was a pretty average Warsaw team last season. You've got uh, Craig Morgan, who's Welsh international central defender from, from Rotherham. He was one of the better performers yeah. last season. I know their fans are sad to see him go. And you've made use of the loan market in today, as we recall this, signing Sean Murray from uh, from, from Watford, who I can tell you is a player who uh, of, of great potential has lost his way over the last sort of 18 months, mm. two years. But if, if you can get him fit and playing regular football, he, he is definitely better than League One, I tell you that. And Will Griggan, you know, the likes of Craig Davies to go with, you know, Grant Holt, who's already there. Don Cowie, you know, who's a player that's impressed in, in spells in, in the Premier League, especially the Championship as well. So there's a lot of quality there, certainly down the central area of the pitch. So if you can get it going, you, you really could be formidable in this league. Well, that's it. I mean, you see decent spine that you've just outlined there. Another player you haven't mentioned, Max Power, in particular, yeah, no, impressed with yes, in, uh, in pre-season, you know, right in the centre of midfield. It's, it just, it seems, you know, like we say, you know, on paper, you know, it's kind of ready to go. It's just whether everything gels, you know, obviously we're going to pick up injuries throughout the year. Hopefully the guys coming in will be able to, to, to kind of do a job. But yeah, you look at the spine and particularly, you know, the goalkeeper in the back four, Jason Pierce came to us in January. He'll benefit from having been here six months, you know, one of the leaders this season. You know, it does appear to be, like we keep saying, one of the best squads in the division. It's, it's whether we can translate that, unlike last season, into results on the board. And also, crucially, often the teams that go up in the Football League are, are the teams that are able mid-season to take advantage of the loan windows of the transfer window in January and again you know in the loan window in sort of March time strengthening the squad if they need to in key areas to, to replace injured player suspensions or, or to, to help an area of the team that's not going so well and you'd, you'd suspect that with the, the parachute payments which are still being effective for Wigan there's going to be resources to go out and strengthen the squad further if need be well, yeah, absolutely. There's hopefully going to be money available mid-season. Fingers crossed we won't need it, but uh, of course it's easier said than done. I mean, the same thing happened last season. We shipped out a lot of players, got in a new kind of a, a virtual new team in January for one reason or another that didn't work and kind of we, we continued struggling at the wrong end of the season so you know hopefully if, uh, if the same situation happens and we do need to bring in just just obviously you know one or two just to tweak it um, to get the promotion push back on track it's uh, it's going to be a lot more successful than last year but yeah the, the, there is going to be money there there is ambition there you know it's not we're not just coming down into League One hopefully you know for, for the rest of time it's just going to be a, a one season stop and uh, <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be equipped to do that. And, and Paul, in in what is got to be great news for you, uh, it's basically a northern league. This one really isn't it? There's so many clubs up there, particularly in in the northwest. You won't be having to uh, have too many late Saturday nights on the motorway. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, you look at it; it is almost like the old kind of you know Division Three North. There's so many Lancashire derbies, you know Yorkshire, the the Midlands games are not too far. Yeah, it's um, and to be honest, I think that's helped the optimism for the new season. A lot of fans are kind of looking at the the long trips and whereas obviously it's great to go to your likes of Chelsea and Tottenham you know paying sort of 40, 50, 60 pound for a ticket does put some people off but I think there's a lot of kind of the, the old school fan base from maybe 10, 15 years ago who didn't go every week in the Premier League will be looking at the fixture list you know seeing Oldham, Rochdale, Berry, you know some cracking local away Blackpool, Fleetwood you know and, and kind of rediscovering the, the love for the team and you know hopefully the team will be well supported this year and we can uh, and we can make that count on the field. So that was us chatting to Paul Kendrick the football correspondent from the Wigan Evening Post and Observer a little bit earlier on I've done some sums I thought you might have um, done and I have worked out uh, what the year would be so David Sharp is 23 years old 
Dave Whelan is 73 yes. years old. So if David Sharp was to last until the grand old age of 73 as as, uh, as Wigan chairman, it's not actually that difficult or some, obviously only 50, year, uh, 50 years going forward. So he'd be the chairman or, or stepping down as Wigan chairman in the year 2065. We're going to be in our 55th <laughs> season doing yeah. this podcast. You think we'll then? still be going then? Just, just about, <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, right, let's have a more general look at League One. Then Wigan, obviously, very highly fancied. Uh, on the line again to join us is uh, the football editor of the Racing Post, Mark Langdon. Mark, what about League One then? We've talked in detail about Wigan. They're uh, one of the bookies' favourites. Who else do you think are, are going to be good this season? I think it's got to be Sheffield United. I, I, I don't wish to sort of state the obvious here, but I, and you know, there's been plenty of false dawns at Bramall Lane in recent years. But I mean, this has got to be the year for, for Sheffield, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's a, a relatively weak League One. All of the best teams went up last season. You know, you've had teams like Swindon, probably not as strong as they were. I think everything's in place really. Nigel Adkins has already gained promotion with two different clubs from this division. They've brought back. Billy Sharp. Uh, I, I'm expecting him to be far more positive um, this season. Uh, Nigel Clough. It was. It was. He was getting it bit by bit, wasn't he? It was, it was a pretty sort of slow process. But I think a team like Sheffield United and the amount of fans they'll take to away games. I think they they just need to dominate teams and you know um, you know turn those away games into home games and, and just roll them over basically. A bit like what Wolves did. Um, you know, and Bristol City last season. I think Sheffield United have got the potential to get that kind of points tally if they're more positive. And I think Che Adams is somebody I'm really looking forward to seeing this season. He's had a good pre-season. I was excited with what I saw in the bits and bobs that Nigel Clough played him in last year. I think he held him back a little bit too much for my liking. But you know, you got him, uh, Connor Salmon. I think has has found his level as well. I think he'll be a handful. Um, in, in that division maybe need to tighten up defensively because they didn't keep enough clean sheets last season but I think they've got the, the, even more firepower you know, Matty Donut they brought in of course in, in January um, this team really should be good enough I think to, to win League One even with Wigan in it and Wigan have got a, a decent sized budget but I'd be amazed if Sheffield United don't go up automatically it'd be about time wouldn't it no or never <laughs> there, are, there are a few teams maybe that were kind of there or thereabouts last season but maybe not quite you know good enough in the end just fell away but I'm looking at teams like Doncaster Bradford uh, and maybe Barnsley as well who all I I think should have reason for optimism this season yeah it looks to be a very Yorkshire centric um, division there Uh, I think that Doncaster will um, improve I mean William should you know, add goals to them. Twenty-one last season, um, and uh, they were they were pretty good last season. I felt Doncaster for um, a large part of the season just fell away at the end, and they didn't get enough home wins. But I don't think there was any sort of specific reason for that. Just one of them random things that sometimes happens in football. So um, you know, if they can improve on their home form, they should be right up there. They would probably be my sort of shout to go up. I think um, alongside Sheffield United. Uh, as far as Barnsley go, obviously. Um, looks like Lee Johnson could be a, a really good manager. Certainly, the early record would suggest that with you know the, the two clubs that he's had there, and he, he did well at Oldham, and then I think he, he showed signs at Barnsley. So I would expect them to sort of be fighting around about the playoffs. Bradford, if they can keep Phil Parkinson, there were noises earlier on in the summer that um, you know other teams were after him. I think for them, 
Uh, they just need to make sure they don't reach the FA Cup quarterfinals or whatever yeah. because <laughs> that did distract them. But they've got a lot of what you need, I think, in, in League One. And Hansen's a, a, a real handful up front, isn't he? So I'd expect them to be sort of near the playoffs. I, I don't think there are that many teams from sort of outside the obvious ones, actually, that can really kick on. That There's been a bit of a word for, for Berry, um, you know, because they signed quite well. Um, over the summer and really you know with Clark and Pope up front they've added look like they've added goals anyway but um, I, I think that um, it's going to be sort of the, the usual suspects if you like I, um, towards the front of the market Can I say Mark I'm a Berry fan actually and um, I'm, I read your preview I think you've got Berry down as third or fourth yeah, this was, season wasn't, I, I, no, That wasn't me that yeah, was No no sorry I mean, the, more, yeah, the more general uh, preview I mean I'd be amazed if, if we did that well I'm, I'm confident we're going to have a good season but um, that does seem that does seem a bit extreme although DC I think you quite fancy to do well you were yeah, talking earlier Well I think you, you're, you're a club of with good momentum you, you had that dodgy spell in the middle of last season but you really ended the season like a train and you know you've got that new training ground at the, the old Manchester City training ground you've bought players who've scored goals at this level and have been consistent performers pretty much for the last few years you know and you've got you had the League 2 player of the year last season you've got a quite highly rated manager sometimes all these things can just line up and, and you can do it you can go from, from League to League but I would say I suppose if you, the one thing against that is if you look at the, it tends to be the teams, for some reason, League 2 to League 1 doesn't seem to translate as quick as it does from, say, League 1 to the Championship no. in terms of teams making that step up and really challenging at the top end. It seems that League League 2 teams sometimes struggle a little bit more to, I do, to, um, to get up the top end. I do think it is quite an open division looking at it. And you might remember, Mark, at the end of last season, there was a huge, huge scrap on the last day to stay up. About seven or eight teams could have gone down. Some of the sides that didn't go down uh, were Crew, Colchester. Uh, is it likely they're going to be down there again? This yeah, year? Uh, I think it is likely. I mean, um, you know, uh, Crew. I'm not quite sure how they stayed up. Really, when you look at some of their stats in terms of how many shots they allowed the opposition to have, I mean, it's a minor miracle that they managed to stay up. Colchester. Um, I think they're an interesting team, Colchester, but they are relying on a lot of younger players and. Um, I, I'm, I'm sort of intrigued to see how they go, but I think it's, it's going to be very difficult um, for, for them to stay up. I'm not as convinced as a few others that Burton will, will enjoy um, the trip up to League One. I, I thought they sort of, you know, they ground it out last year and were, were, were nicking um, quite a lot of games, but I'm not, I'm not sure you can necessarily do that. And I, I didn't see that many, that much in them that suggested they could actually kick on um, in League One. Whereas Shrewsbury, on the other hand, I thought they had a, um, more quality in their team, even though they finished behind Burton. I think they will be much better equipped in, in League One. The one team we've not mentioned, and um, I've got some fans who support these, Millwall, um, who, who tend to be a very big club in, in League One standards. When they've been in the third tier, they, they, they're usually up there and fighting for it. And um, A couple of their fans tell me that Lee Gregory um, is somebody to watch out for mm. in, in, in the top goalscorer honours. Um, you know, he's somebody that, uh, that it was difficult for him in the Championship, having made the, you know, the, the rapid rise you know, for from the conference but they feel that, that League One and w w with his pace he, he, he could definitely score goals at this level We have to talk about Blackpool obviously um, the uh, I think it was a suspended points deduction from the FA a couple of days ago with the game abandoned on the last day of last season against Huddersfield um, I think it was against Huddersfield and then mm -hmm. over the summer there was a, a friendly which was abandoned because their fans invaded the pitch um, 
I'm sort of, you know, I wouldn't rule this out on further They had to occasions. relay their pitch because Neil Diamond ruined it the other day. What's that? Neil Diamond did a concert right. at Bloomfield Road uh, and uh, the pitch got ruined, so they've had to relay it a week before the start Doesn't of the season. Doesn't take much to ruin that pitch, <laughs> to be fair, as we've seen in previous years. Um, any shred of light, Mark, for Blackpool fans? I, I, I don't think... Under I Neil MacDonald? No, no, I, I don't think there is, um, really. I mean, I think staying up would be an achievement this season. Um and that, that's a sad thing to say about a side that was in the Premier League not that long ago. But, you know, when there's that much bad feeling um, around uh, a football team, you know, you can't even imagine that home advantage is going to be any kind of advantage to, to the Blackpool team. They may as well play, um, you know, every game away because the, the fans will be behind the team. But when there's that bad relationship, you know, and everybody wants the owner out and, um, I, I can only I can only see things at the moment getting worse because um, unless they they make some sort of drastic signings towards um, the, the you know the next couple of weeks they they just don't look um, prepared enough for, for for the new season again. Okay, right, we're going to leave League One there. We will speak to Mark again in a few minutes' time when we look at League Two. But next. We're going to concentrate on a team who, by the way, Dave, my second favourite team, and they still do play at the Globe Arena, just to let you know. Uh, we're going to talk... I'm, I'm telling you, I read somewhere that they lost money because they have lost stadium sponsorship, so I assumed it meant the Globe Arena was nah. no more. Globe Arena's going nowhere. Uh, next, <laughs> we're going to talk about Morecambe. You're listening to We Are Going Up. We've got the Football League covered. Okay, on to League Two then, and um, my my second favourite team in the Football League after their win against Southend on the last day of last season. They are Morecambe heading into yet another campaign in the Football League under Mr Jim Bentley. Big Kevin Ellison, still do a job for you. Oh yeah. Uh, So uh, a little bit earlier on to talk about the season ahead for the Shrimpers. Is it the Shrimps or the Shrimpers? I always forget. Um, We spoke to Adam Lord, who is a sports journalist at a visitor newspaper in Morecambe. And uh, I asked him, uh, what Morecambe fans were expecting from this season in League Two? There seems to be sort of a quiet sense of optimism in the place. Written off again, despite some pretty good signings. I think people looking on, the 11th was the best ever finished under Jim Bentley last year. And people are thinking top 10, maybe top 7, why not? Under the radar a bit, but they've done it before and maybe they can do it again. In terms of the, the ins and outs of the squad... People have been. I've been reading a lot of the previews, and people seem to point to the loss of Jack Redshaw as a, as a big blow. But you know, you've brought some players in. Tom Barkusen's come in. Lee Mullen used there now as well. As well, Peter Murphy from from Wickham. So th- there's also reason to be optimism in terms of the players that, that have come in. I think thinking about it, they, when he Jim always moves early in the window, sort of post season, you get a lot happening May and June, and then tidying up a couple of loose ends in August. And the first five lads came in really, really quickly. Um, Aaron Wilder did really well last year and has, has just been a revelation in pre-season with a few goals from midfield. Um, Lee Molyneux and Tom Barkhausen are quite exciting, sort yeah. of attacking talent. Yeah. Um, Barkhausen won't be used to right back like he was at Blackpool towards the end of his days there, but um, Murphy adds a bit of bite that they've been lacking in the middle of the park. Um, and Adam Dugdale's a solid hand at the back. Then Jack... The Jack Redshaw thing sort of came came sort of together, and he's made his way to Blackpool. Um, to be honest with you, the the general consensus all round, and I'd agree with it, is that with one year left on his contract, they got decent money for him. Everyone there likes the lad. He's a, he's a really he's a really good kid. Um, I think it was sort of right time all round. Really, he's got to try himself at a higher level. Morecambe have got decent decent money for a guy they got for nothing, and he's got a year on his contract. The only question, obviously, was how they were going to replace. 
today they've found two strikers in the space of three hours, both a bit more unproven. I say unproven, Sean Miller, ex-Coventry, Sheffield United um, and crew have scored 20 goals in League 2 before to get his, his move up to Sheffield United, but he has had a fairly serious knee injury and he's sort of... It's, it's stalled him for the last couple of years and he's been given a one-year contract on the basis that sort of like, right, now you can go and prove yourself all over again. And Jack Ryan from Preston, he's only 19, so he's a bit more unproven, but seems to have all the potential. But yeah, they've lost they've lost their prize asset, but there are some really, really good signings in there, I think. On that Jack Ryan thing, I, I spotted today that um, he followed Morecambe on Twitter, which, yes. which basically then meant to all the Morecambe fans, right, he's joining. That's very much the 2015 equivalent of signing on the dotted line. Um, your paper spoke to, uh, to Jim Bentley um, this week, previewing the, the season. Uh, targets in top 10 this year? Yeah, he, he Jim's word every single year, no matter where they finish, whether it's 18th, 15th, 16th, which I think was other three seasons, is uh, is eleventh. Is uh, sorry, his improvement on on what was eleventh place last year. And as I said to Jim at the end of last year, and said at the start of this year, that um, improvement now is playoffs. They sort of flirted with it last year, faded away a bit. I mean, traditionally under him, they start really, really quickly. Um, and then sort of whether it be a small squad or whether it be teams working them out, I don't know. They fade away a bit. But they sort of amended that slightly last year and that they had a better second half of the season than they have done for a long time. So, yeah, improvement this year is, is top ten, as I say, and, and is a sustained run at that top seven. And I wouldn't underestimate how good an achievement top seven would be when you sort of second, first, second, third, lowest budget. Well, the thing last year was they seemed to win a lot of games away from home and did quite well against the better teams. But it seemed to be the games against the bottom half, in particular at home, which seemed to be their undoing. Um, they like to play football, and the reality was when they went to Southend, uh, when Luton came to Morecambe, some of the some of the bigger teams in the league, and they play open, expansive football, and there's room to play. And they do really well. I've seen it in a couple of pre-season friendlies already. You know, Bolton came to the Globe and played quite a lot of expansive football, and Morecambe just had the room to play and, and picked up a pretty good win there pre-season. I don't really read too much into it, but good win all the same. And yeah, as you say, Carlisle uh, certainly did, and Mansfield did as well to a degree, and a couple of other clubs came and played 4-5-1 at, at Morecambe and said, break us down, and they struggled a bit. But Jim acknowledged that. He said all along that he didn't think there was enough goals from midfield or enough sort of of a contribution going forward. And I think that's why people are quite excited about Aaron Wildig, because there are, there are goals from midfield there. He had one very, very good season in League One, and then with the emergence, I think, of uh, Michael Woods, he sort of fell out of favour there, and uh, Morecambe got him on loan. He did really well, and then I think quite a lot of people were surprised that they still managed to get him over the summer because he'd done that well, and he's, he's carried that form on, so he's one to watch, certainly. Just a question on, on the manager, on Jim Bentley. I think if you're looking for sort of pound for pound some of the most impressive managers in, in the entire football league, I think he's, he's got to be worth a, worth a mention in terms of you know, the budget that you've got at Morecambe, and you've never really been in desperate trouble over the last the last few years. You seem seemingly on a, on a gradual upwards curve, holding very much holding your own in the division. Um, and do you think there'd come a time maybe where Bentley might look to, to move on and challenge himself to a slightly bigger club and a, and a bigger job? Or, or would you see him sticking with it and, and might be the only time he'd leave as if the club, you know, sacked him if things did go wrong? Uh, he's made no secret of he likes ambitious players. He is an ambitious manager himself. He's a big Evertonian, so I know if Roberto Martinez went never <laughs> came for him, uh, that he'd certainly snap that one up. But he's made no secret of it that he is ambitious. The thing that there's a few things that will surprise people about uh, Jim. I think if you saw him play, I don't know whether many people did because it was 
most of his career was in non-league before Morgan got promoted in 2007. Um, but he was a he was quite an old school defender. I don't think he'll mind me saying that. Proper, you know, big number five captain, play with his heart on his sleeve, you know, tough tackling, all that kind of thing. And then he came into management and he's proved to be pretty flexible tactically. Considering he has no kind of official sort of, you know, he doesn't have scouts to send everywhere. Um, he goes and watches a hell of a lot of football. I mean, Jack Redger, who they've, they've sold for good money, came from came for nothing from Altrincham, having dropped out of the league, having been at Man City and Rochdale. And, yeah, he surprised a few people, I think. Is he is he pound for pound? I mean, I, I see him day in, day out. I'm a bit biased. I think he's, he's massively underrated. Um, I was discussing with somebody else the other day, and I, I genuinely think it, it will take something like a playoff final or a promotion for people to suddenly turn around and go, hang on. Their squad's only this big. They're only paying this much for the players, or that kind of thing, for people to actually turn around and go. He's quite a good manager, you know. He's so, the fifth longest serving, I think, in the whole football league. Yeah, which is a, which when he only took over in 2011 is a, is a pretty ridiculous stat in itself. I mean, I remind you of that, and he sort of raises his eyebrows a bit when whenever anybody goes. But yeah, I mean, Morecambe have three managers in 20 years. I think is the <laughs> somebody might correct me on that, but yeah, they they don't do. They don't do mass change. I mean, when he um, when he came in, Sammy McElroy had a disappointing season, and Sammy sort of it was the parting of the ways. And it came out later on; they'd actually offered Sammy a new contract as well. So they don't they don't get rid of managers lightly. Two more very important questions for you before before we uh, before we leave. One slightly more serious than the other. Kevin Ellison, he's a player that we've talked about a, a lot over the last few seasons. He's a bit of a cult hero for us, and 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 certainly for Morecambe fans and sort of football league fans in general, really. Um, how much more are we going to get out of him this season? If you ask Kev, uh, he'll never stop. Yes. But he is, he's a cult hero. He really is. I mean, I, the story I've got with Kev is that I remember um, I'm a very, very lapsed uh, Nottingham Forest fan. And years and years ago, I went to a cup tie at Chester, uh, a league cup tie on a dingy Tuesday night. And uh, in the away end, I was barracking, before my days in journalism, I was, trying, <laughs> uh, I was barracking this player for Chester. And it was only about the second or third time I interviewed him, I think, that I suddenly realised that it was him. When he was then a Morecambe player, obviously now, as you say, a cult hero, very much a talisman for Morecambe still. The thing with Kev is he's just got this big match, sort of he's capable of a great goal. And in what was, what is increasingly less so, but has been a young squad at times over the years, he's just got that bit of nap that, that, as I say, Murphy has added to, but he was sort of flying the flag for that on its own. That, that bit of, you know, doing things maybe that people wouldn't like if he, if he wasn't your player, which I know most away fans will agree with, but he, he gives them a bit of that. And I know they're already looking at the coaching side of him as well, which I know when you see him play on the field might seem a bit daft, but... Uh, in the dressing room, I know people say whenever the, whenever a young lad sort of comes up from the academy to train with the first team, it's Ellison who's the first one over there to uh, to put their arm around him and go, "This is what you do, this is what you don't do," and this kind of thing. And they they really, I mean, he was Jim Bentley's first signing, which Jim always reminds people of, and um, and I think he's one who, even if eventually, whether it's twelve months, whether it be two years, I don't know whether he does decide to hang him up, but. He'll be, he'll be around the Globe Arena for a while, I think. Uh, and another staple uh, of the, the Globe Arena in recent years has been the excellent pies, or, or so we hear. We're yet to taste them ourselves. Are we going to have more of the same on that front next season? Yeah, same chef. I know Graham well. Um, Graham is one of the success stories of that ground in that I think he was on TV again last night or the night before on a programme. I think it was, and this you'll let me finish the story before I say what the programme was. I'm going to rip off Britain, but I'll finish the story. Um, <laughs> because I think they were talking about um, 
pies at various Premier League grounds that were sort of, you know, ridiculously extortionate and saying, well, this award-winning thing that is sold in Harrods, if people didn't know, and is, is, is a fairly reasonable price. But no, Graham is, Graham is a real success story, that club, and uh, and he won't mind me saying one of the poster boys of it because there's pictures of him whenever they win awards, be it football or be it, you know, just for hospitality and things. But no, they are they are fantastic and um, if people do go my personal recommendation is chicken ham and leek I have to say so that was Adam Lord uh, sports journalist at the Visitor newspaper in Morecambe talking to us earlier on about Jim Bentley's side and their prospects hmm. uh, this campaign rejoining us is Mark Landon the football editor of the Racing Post if you haven't got their uh, big pre-season special preview you should go and get it uh, Mark Morecambe what do you reckon this year? well I best not say anything too uh, bad about Morecambe because their manager Jim Bentley um, is, is a big reader of the Racing Post, which we didn't know. <laughs> okay. um, we didn't know a couple of years ago when we tipped them for relegation. And the, um, uh, I'm reliably informed because he told everybody that um, he stuck it up in the dressing room wall all season long <laughs> and used it as the inspiration for which they um, more than did enough to stay up. So um, I, th- I think we'd best say, yeah, that they'll reach the playoffs. Um, yeah. you know, uh, We've got I, them down I, to I 17th. James, James Milton has tipped them for 17th place here. So well, I, I've, yeah, Distance I mean, yourself. Uh, yeah, James was the one who tipped them for relegation <laughs> and uh, I think Jim Bentley called him yeah. out on it. But um, he, I think 17th is probably... Uh, uh, about right for a, a, a club of their budget, but Bentley, and I'm not just saying that because be, uh, in, in case he's listening. <laughs> he's a big uh, man. You don't want to, yeah, you don't exactly. want to get his bad books. Uh, I mean, last season, the amount of times they went to big clubs and beat them, um, I think says that Bentley's a very good manager because you can't do that purely by luck. Um, I just feel over a season, um, you know, because of their budget and because of the size of their squad, and they lost a couple of players, you know, to, to clubs higher up. The, the, the football league pyramid it's going to be difficult for them to sort of make a, a real splash on the playoffs so I'm expecting them to be sort of safely tucked away in mid-table again and I think that that's a really a job well done uh, mm-hmm. again if they can manage that because you know on budget alone they should probably be fighting relegation but I think that they'll be too good for that um, I'm interested in your opinion on this as well DC um, mm-hmm. Oxford seem to have shot from nowhere yeah. to be everyone's favourites this year they were very much mid-table side last year I went to watch us play them away they did beat us but they were extremely lucky didn't strike me uh, as anything special uh, what's changed why, why are Oxford so well fancied do you reckon Mark well I think that towards the end of last season the um the, the sort of the, the building blocks were put in place um, as the season went on. I think Appleton quickly wrote off um, sort of year one, if you like, in his reign, and um, it took him a while to get the players that he wanted. And I think that by the end of the season, they were a lot better than they were at the start of the campaign. I think an interesting result was that they got beat, didn't they, on, uh, live on a, a live game against Cambridge, absolutely humiliated. Mm. And then by the end of the season, they turned that result right around in, in the home game. And um, we had an interview with Michael Appleton in, in, in that racing post um, big kickoff, and he's very confident that, that, that they're going to be right up there. Normally, you know, managers when they're asked that kind of question, they shy away from it and they start mentioning twenty other teams that are equally as good. But he 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 says, you know, we fully you know we embrace the fact that we're among the favourites. We think we're good enough, and and it's time to prove it. Yeah, I think he's a manager that's found his feet as well, probably after. Uh, a lot of moving around for various reasons at the start of his managerial career. He's probably 
been good for him to get out of the spotlight, as it were, down at Oxford. And they are a club who, over the last, well, you know, four years that we've been doing this show, we've always sort of had them there or thereabouts in terms of fancying them to, to go up. They they were in that good position when when Chris Wilder left and it was perhaps a strange time for him to leave the club and maybe they maybe they might have done it if he had stayed. But I don't know whether I'd have them down to, to win the division, or, but, you know, to, considering as well, you, obviously you've got the three automatic promotion spots in this league, I think they would be a good bet to go up. Certainly, they've got to be looking minimum playoffs. Another team I wanted to mention are Portsmouth because they've got Paul Cook as their manager, Mark, who's decided to drop down a division uh, from Chesterfield, who of course you know got to the playoff semi-final last year, so they, they weren't too far themselves from getting into the championship. And obviously, he got Chesterfield out of, of League Two. Can he do the same for Pompey? They've uh, they've threatened it. They've been sort of people's favourites the last few years, but it's never really materialised on the field. No, I think Portsmouth have finally got the managerial decision right, though. Um, you know, that a couple of times they they went for you know club legends or you know former players, and um, that was sort of more. I think it was. You know, it was the heart rule in the head, and this time they've got a manager that, that's absolutely proven in the division. He's been, and I think probably even more key than that has been he's been able to persuade Gary Roberts to drop down. Um, he was one of the best players I saw in League One last season. I, I fully expect him if he stays fit to destroy teams in, in, in League Two. He, he's done it before, and you know he never really relied on his pace. It's all about the trickery and quality you know that, that he's got from set pieces and his delivery as well so I think that Portsmouth will be a, a much much better team um, you know than, than what we've seen in recent years I think they will um, live up to the favourites tag in, ex- in that I expect them to, to gain promotion but I'm still thinking that there are sort of other teams out there that are equally as strong if you like in, in terms of winning the league I think Luton have um, spent very big and, and very well over the summer and I saw them towards the end of last season at South End when they lost 1-0 um, and even on that occasion they looked to me like a team that, 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 that would go well the season after that a lot of the foundations in place and Craig McHale-Smith I mentioned it about Gary Roberts but if McHale-Smith stays fit I mean he should be really you know he, he should be too good for League 2 even despite the injuries he's had previously Two teams I just want to quickly get your, your views on uh, one one being Wickham, who you know were agonisingly close to, to being promoted last season. Gareth Ainsworth did a, did a great job. It looks like people fancied them to fall back a bit, um, but, but Ainsworth at the final whistle in that in that game was was adamant that they'd come back stronger. And also another one who uh, people are talking about is, is Cambridge United. What do you think about those two? Yeah, well, uh, Cambridge United would be my tip actually, a sort of one outside of the, the obvious contenders. I think that. You know that they they signed a lot of players from League One. I think Leg and Roberts, you know, uh, really good defenders for for this level. Uh, the fact that Barry Core turned down a new contract at Southend to stay in League Two with with Cambridge, I think that points to the fact that they've got a big budget, probably boosted by their trip to to Old Trafford last season in the FA Cup. So um, usually the teams with the biggest budgets do best. You know, you can't be too romantic about these things. Money talks, and Cambridge. Seem to have quite a lot of it at the moment, so I think that they will um, certainly, you know, be up there and challenging Wickham. I share the pessimism really that, that seems to be floating around. I just think that a lot of that success was built on the the loanees and the the, the the quality of player that they had from Brentford in particular. And um, it was a very small squad last season, and they did very well away from home. But I saw them a couple of times, and I wasn't overly impressed. They were really unlucky in in the playoff final. I, it was the best. I'd seen them. I'd seen them sort of 
four or five times that season and that was the best that they played and you know they were seconds away from gaining promotion but um, I, I think that they could be sort of falling back towards mid-table this time. Two more from me, um, two ex-England players. Teddy Sheringham, who has never managed before, has gone in at Stevenage and a man who has managed before but not particularly well on the whole is Terry Butcher who's gone in at Newport. I'm, I'm sort of, you know, correct me if you, you disagree, but I'm, I'm thinking Newport could be struggling this season with him in charge. Yeah, they were the ones I fought for relegation. It all went wrong once Justin Edinburgh left last season and lost a few players as well, haven't they, Newport? And yeah, I, I mean, Terry Butcher doesn't know the division um, and I'm not sure that he's necessarily the right manager as well for um, a Welsh club, you know, in terms of, you know, really tapping into the passion, um, you know, because he, he's as English as they come. And um, I, I'm not so... I, I would be surprised if Terry Butcher lasted the season. Now, um, you know, I, I don't wish to get managers to sack, but I, 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 it doesn't strike me as a recipe for success. Agreed. I have to say, uh, it's probably best to say it like that. But, um, yeah, so I, I think I think that Newport um, could, could, could really sort of struggle this season. They've also lost the owner as well, the lottery winner. Exactly. Les, Les Scadding. Literally he, lost him. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone. He's gone and taking his money with him. So obviously that's a big blow. What about Teddy? What about Sheringham? Well, I mean, I'm just wondering why he's, why has he why gone now? to Stevenage? Yeah, why now? I mean, he's, um, for, from what we were told previously, he was somebody that was, you know, happy, just, you know, playing golf, doing a bit of TV. Then he, he maybe got the taste for it, for it at West Ham. And if he's going into it for the right reasons, then, then fantastic. If, if I, but I, I just, I just wonder, you know, why? You know, it's been quite a quiet signing, isn't it? For, for such a big name, you know, he hasn't done that many interviews, hasn't spoken that much about his philosophy. I, I mean, it, the sort of word coming out from Stevenage is that they're going to try to play a lot more football this season but I actually felt they had the players uh, that, were, that were really absolutely just made for um, you know for, for, for Graham Wesley you know, that, that they were a team that I thought you know when they got beat by South End in, in the playoff final uh, playoff semi-final sorry um, last season they were immediately one of the teams I thought yeah I, I can see them going well next year you know that was um, a, a team that you know it had grown I think throughout the season and by the end of it um, that, that they look really dangerous so I've got my question mark I don't think they'll be relegated, but I'm not expecting them to be in the playoffs. So, uh, if you're looking for a real outsider, I think Exeter, a team that have been really underrated, one of the best managers, no doubt about it, um, at that level. And let's not forget, they were under a transfer embargo for you know for uh, at the start of last season. It really derailed them early doors. But by the end of it, I felt that they you know they weren't that far of top seven and um, it was quite hot and cold aren't they they can be quite streaky they are but I think Nichols is somebody that can definitely um, score goals and maybe even improve on on what we saw from him last season Um, and so I I I just think that you know I'd rather have a manager uh, like Tisdale on my side than let's say Terry Butcher brilliant thank you so much for that Mark really appreciate it enjoy the season and have a nice little breather after after this week Um, if you want to follow Mark on Twitter he is at Mark Langdon Mark Langdon digital football editor of the Racing Post and in just a minute it's time for our pre-season predictions the moment you've all been waiting for this is the We Are Going Up podcast we've got the Football League covered Okay, a few more tweets 
David Cameron Walker, why yeah. are you there? The Orient Outlook podcast, guys. Uh, promotion for Leighton Orient this season. Playoffs, at least now we've got some stability in our management team and playing staff. Graham Smith, Stephen fan. We want mid-table stability with another season of uh, growth for our growing amount of young talent. Uh, Rich, Swindon, just be cool, Swindon. Be cool. Uh, Jeff, continual improvement and a first away win in 2015 for AFC Wimbledon. Uh, Tangerine Nat, no hope for Blackpool FC and then like a poo emoji on the end <laughs> um, I'd like some optimism and also um, this is uh, is it Stephen Pokes I've forgotten your name your first name sorry Stephen sorry I'm sorry Stephen I don't know if he's called Stephen S Pokes um, for new season optimism to last longer than 45 minutes and better pulled pork rolls do you remember that picture we had last year oh god yeah of the, uh, the pulled pork roll at Carlisle United right it is time for predictions David Cameron Walker, this is the bit we play back at the end of the season and think, what mm-hmm. the hell were we oh, talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah. And we're going to begin right after I've checked. Uh, Sam Pocock. There you go. Not not Stephen. Sam, mate. Sorry. There you go, Sam. You got your mention. Right, so we're going to do automatically promoted, playoff winners, relegated and top scorer beginning in... We'll go League Two because we've just been talking about League Two. Okay. Uh, so... Um, yeah, so three to go up. I well, Shall I give you my three first? Yes, please. My three to go up this season are Luton Town. Okay. Boo. Cambridge United and Wickham Wanderers. Okay. Those you, are my automatics. Back in Wickham to, uh, yeah. to come back stronger, are you? I am. Okay. I am. Your you three. My please. three. The automatics, yeah. Uh, Cambridge. Yes. I think oh, Dickie Dosh. As he's as he's known, Richard Money will uh, will we'll do the job there this season. Some impressive players in uh, Portsmouth. I think are finally going to do it. Paul Cook being the difference there, really for me, and maybe a little bit surprising, but Barnet can't bring yourself to say Luton, can you? Absolutely Just not. Cannot. <laughs> um, I've got Barnet as playoff winners actually. Uh, playoff winner for you? Uh, for me, um, I had quite a few teams in this one because I, I, it is always so so tight. It's a concertina division a lot of the time, isn't it? But I'm going to go for Plymouth to to go slightly better than last season. Okay, uh, two to go down. Then I've sorry, sort of um, already sort of given the game away with me. I've gone for Newport mm-hmm. to go down under Terry Butcher, and I've also got Mansfield. Uh, yeah, to go a lot of people have got them. them. Yeah, because they've got still got. Um, what's the, uh, the the manager there? He was the next player. Adam wasn't Murray. He? That's it. Adam Murray, and uh, yeah, they didn't have a particularly great season last year. So yeah. Mansfield to go for me. They finished twenty first last year. Your two. I have gone for Newport, like you. Yeah. I think Terry Butcher. Yeah, everything he touches turns to a uh, uh, one of those emo- emojis <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Uh, and the other team, I'm going to go for Yeovil Town Ooh. to find their way back that into non league. A triple non-league. drop would that? Yeah. Be? Yeah. I, th- I don't know. I just think not a triple drop for a while. No, I think this could be the one. I'm not sure Paul Sturrock is necessarily the man. That he once was. Okay. Uh, in terms of the football side of things, and um, yeah, I think they could go down. Top scorer, I want you to go first, and I'll tell you why in a sec. Okay, John Akinde of Barnet banged him in in the conference last season, and I think he'll be a big reason uh, if the, uh, of why they. That's not another Rennie Howe, Calvin Andrew. Was it no, Calvin? No, Who did no. you say last year? I can't remember. I said last year. I said uh, bloody Calvin Zola, didn't Calvin I? No, Zola. John Akinde. I think Barnet will do well, and I think he'll be a big part of it. The one I've gone for. Um, he's not. He's not really going to be top scorer, but I saw odds at twenty-five to one, and. He wants you to tell him what goal celebration he should use this oh, season. Oh, yeah. Adebayo Akinfenwa. Have you voted? I haven't actually, no. Sorry. I voted for oh, the what? beast mode. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I've gone Akinfenwa just as, you know, a little nod to the big man. Uh, Did you see the video? Have you watched it? I haven't, no. So it's got the whip, which is like you kind of do a sort of steering wheel <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, nice. Pity, you've, pity we don't have a... You've got the beast mode, which is like flexing your guns yeah. out. Considerable guns in in his case. Yeah. And what was the first Bigger one? Bigger than my head. First one was something... Oh, I can't even remember what it 
what was it? It was something like sort of posing, like arms folded, like sort of hands on the. Works well, great on sort of great thing. in audio. This yeah, watch the video on YouTube. It's yeah, very yeah. good. Okay, right on to League One then. <laughs> uh, no surprises here. Because Mark was mentioning he was at a thing with Harry Redknapp for this. Uh, I was this at week. that thing I was as about well. to say, you were yeah. there and you told me that Harry Redknapp very much went for League 2, League 1, just packed all the favourites. He did. I mean, yeah. to, to give Harry a bit of credit, he did explain his choices okay. with fairly logical Well, I'm not going to explain mine. I'm just give you yeah. the teams. Uh, Sheffield United and Wigan. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, I've got, I'm going to go with you as well. I, I think Sheffield United are finally going to do it because they've finally got the man... They can get them out of this can league. I, I, I think Adkins is the man to get them out I of the league. I didn't realise he was a goalkeeper in his football yeah, oh, career. Yeah, yeah, very much because, so. Because um, you know that thing we did in the pub a couple of years ago where we, we named an 11 out of Football League managers? Mm. All the bloody sites are at it this week. BBC Sport website did it. The Football League website did Brilliant. it. It's not the first time we've been ahead of our time, is it? Indeed. Well, maybe, um, it, maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, playoffs. Um, I've actually gone, and this Mark completely disagreed with this, and he said they were going to, he didn't think they were going to do too well. I've gone for, I, I do like a double bounce. So I've gone for Burton on the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, Barnsley. Barnsley, okay. Four to be relegated. Sorry, crew fans. I've got you to go down. My other three are Blackpool. Sorry. Uh, Port Vale and also, because I think Dean Saunders is a terrible manager, Chesterfield. Um, I know the Crawley fans will get in touch and say he did all right. but Yeah. Well, he didn't do too bad at Doncaster initially either. For, um, before he left to uh, to go to Wolves, did he? But yeah, and plus not, Chesterfield not been, always bounced between those two. Not leagues, been great though. recently. I, I've got, I'm with you though. Chesterfield, uh, Colchester United, I think are going to go. Uh, Blackpool, uh, total shambles. God knows when that situation is going to be sealed out. Although the only shining light for them, and we might do a special on this, is that if the supporters do manage to wrestle control of the club away from the Oysters, and God willing, they will manage to do that. That might just give them some sort of hope, some sort of inspirational survival attempt this season. Uh, and the other team is Crew. Of course, it is uh, top scorer. This really goes against against everything I stand for. But um, Ian Henderson of Rochdale. Oh yeah, that's a good shout. I've got the thing here. I've got the odds here. Let's have a look at let's have a look how much money that could win you. Why not? Put your money, right your, time, put your money with your mouth. There's a lot of things here. Uh, Henderson, he's, he's right up there. He's uh, sort of 16. Best price, 16 yeah, to 1. I'll have a bit of that. Uh, I'm going to go for one of the favourites, Will Grigg of Wigan. OK. Uh, championship then. Two to go up. No surprise, really, when you've heard what I've said already already uh, tonight. I'm. It's Wolves for me, and it's Derby. I've gone for Derby, and I've gone for Middlesbrough, and I've got for, gone for Wolves to win the playoffs. OK. Your playoff winner? Now... This is the time where I, I had... I'll live to regret this, perhaps. Who You've knows, already gone up, mate. You've already gone up. You can't say what. <laughs> exactly. I can't jinx us anymore. Uh, I, I had one. I've scribbled it out. And I've, I've kind of gone... I've reverted to, to the mean and kind of played safe. I'm, I've gone for Hull, right? Because I think they're, you know, they're trying to splash the cash now. They, they bid £9 million for Odebeju and uh, um, Andre Gray from Brentford today. So, obviously, they want to spend money. I think they'll bring in... Players and, and they've got a lot of Premier League players left there. Huddleston could have a, have a bit of a fun time in the yeah. Championship, couldn't he? Dawson's yeah, yeah. still there. Curtis Davies. It's not the worst shout in the world. Etc. So I think Hull will do it, actually. Steve Bruce knows how to get promoted from the Championship. Um, but the one I had scribbled down, as I alluded to earlier, is Fulham. Now, I, I think they'll have a good season. I think they have made some good signings and they will improve. OK, three to be relegated. David was very, very optimistic about Sheffield Wednesday. It was indeed. Um, You're not going to send him down, are you? Yeah, of course I am. Um, I've got Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham and Huddersfield. Sorry, Yorkshire. 
Okay, yeah. Um, I've got Blackburn. Bit of a bit of a long shot, perhaps, but they're losing. They're Can losing. I say Gary Bowie was on Five Live the other night? Came across brilliantly. Well, well he's a fantastic guy. Really dry sense of humour. He has been really good for them. He's very much steadied the ship, but I, I wonder whether his hands might be tied financially at the moment because they're losing. No, they are. All they're, sort of, they're in uh, embargo still. Exactly, they're losing players and. They're just not going to be able to spend the money. They're not going to be able to bring in anyone of any equivalent quality, I don't think. Um, So I I think they might go, certainly struggle. If not, Rotherham, I think it's going to be one season too far for for Mr Sombrero himself. Put the Sombrero away, Steve. Uh, And another shout. So you've gone Yorkshire. I'm I'm pretty down on on the North West. I think Bolton might slip. Rotherham's not in the North West. No, no, but Blackburn and Bolton are. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about you sending Bolton down. Yeah, Uh, so I don't, I'm not sure, you know, lots of people think Neil Lennon's a good manager and I think he is, but I don't know if he'll he'll stick it out there. You're trying to say that the the signing of Emil Heskey is not going to guarantee (laughs) him a high place finish this season. Yeah. Um, And top scorer, I've gone for Nua Dicko. Yeah, not a bad shout, Wolves. Uh, I have gone for echoing my previous sentiments on Fulham, Ross McCormack. He actually had a good season last season in the end and he's probably got even more players to supply him with, with chances this season. So I think he's going to do it. There you go. Place your bets now, folks. But just not on what we said <laughs> if you want to win any money. Uh, that is it. Listen um, to Mark. Yeah. Well, not, not Crossley, Mark Langdon. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Thanks, mate. Um, that's almost it for the first we are going up in the brand new season. Oh. It's been a bit of a marathon. It's been a long one, hasn't it? It's been a, well, it was always going to happen. It's a new season. It's mm. three divisions in one show. Enjoy. Um, hope you might, you might have even enjoyed this over multiple days. That's what I tend to do with long podcasts. Um, and the season may already be underway. If, if, you, you're, if you're listening to this in London... And I was going to say, uh, when's, when are you going to get this out by? Well, <laughs> recording on Wednesday night. You're yeah. going to have this ready. F- Quite a lot to do tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I've got, I was going to say, it could got, be a good companion for anyone walking extraordinarily long distances to work because of the tube strike. Got, but, got a busy day tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully, if you're listening to this by sort of evening time on Thursday, I've done well, is yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. Especially if you made it to this point in the show. Bear in mind, Mark, well. the season does get underway on Friday yeah. evening. So. That, that is a slight issue. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... Even even if you listen to this after the start of the season, should we start? Should we end where we began? <laughs> What's um, that? Well, with a mention of Bobby Zamora. Yes, he's going to be you know, the main man on the the, the first game of the season is. at the Amex. If you on, haven't on seen Friday. that time, by the way. Actually, there is something else I've got to do, right? Because always, and I've been you you have heard me rustling along along the, as the show has been going on, and it, and it is me looking through the racing post every thing. day. I'm rustling. But it's not it's not me. Um, or not sometimes, but not all the time. Furiously scrabbling to try and theory again. try and do my theory, but I've been taking note of the teams we've mentioned on this show because always people are like, "Oh, why didn't you mention my team?" Yeah. So I thought we should men- we should at least mention every single <laughs> read team in in the football league. So okay. these are the teams that we've not mentioned. I mean, might we might have had a, a snuck a few of these in now in the last five minutes in the predictions, but so the ones that we haven't mentioned: Queens Park Rangers, QPR, right, Birmingham. Each one, right, I want you, I'll just just a, a, say up or down, right? Were they going to be up? On last season's performance or down, right? Okay. Yeah. Going from now, QPR. Well, they're automatically down because they're a division right. for lower. Yep. Okay. Birmingham. So oh. maybe treat it as a thumbs up, thumbs down. This has got to be quick. We've got to speak. <laughs> I this know. Up, mate. QPR. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, thumbs down. Okay. Birmingham. Um, thumbs up. Brighton. Thumbs down. Cardiff. Thumbs down. Uh, Leeds. Thumbs up. Uh, just mentioned Bolton so and Blackburn, so they're they're ticked off. Right. League One uh, teams we didn't mention. Uh, Shrewsbury. Thumbs up. Peterborough. Thumbs up. Coventry. Thumbs up. Scunthorpe. Thumbs down. Uh, Fleetwood. Uh, thumbs about. Uh, medium. Yeah. Gillingham. Thumbs up. Southend. Thumbs up. We've mentioned, we've mentioned the other ones. We've sent them all down. Have we done Coventry? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah. Um, 
League Two. Um, Leighton Orient. You we just mentioned Walsall. Leighton Orient. Uh, did, huh? we do, did we do Walsall? Uh, or Swindon. I think we did Walsall and Swindon, didn't we? We just mentioned them there. Yeah. Um, Bristol, uh, Northampton. Thumbs up. Notts County. Thumbs up. Up. Thumbs yeah. up. No chance. It's signed sixteen players and they've got a uh, questionable manager. Uh, Bristol Rovers. Thumbs up. York. Thumbs down. Uh, Aki. We done Aki. Uh, Thumbs down. Not done Aki. Hartlepool. Thumbs up. Daggers. Thumbs down. Carlisle, we've mentioned them, and they're pulled pork. Crawley. Uh, Crawley. <laughs> down. Uh, and Mantle, we've done it all. So that's it. We have should we have it? mentioned every single team in the football Who league the tonight. One? I bet there's a team we haven't mentioned. <laughs> I bet there's someone. There you go. We've done it. Everyone, you got a mention. So stop tweeting us saying we didn't get a mention. Um, so if you're a brand new listener, I hope you enjoyed the first one you've heard. This is actually the 158th one. You've got a hell of a back catalogue to get through. Uh, the Twitter is um, Wagyu Podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter, W-A-G-U Podcast. Granted, we didn't touch it over the summer. I only just remember the password myself. But anyway, you can find us on there. Uh, Facebook.com slash Wagyu Podcast. Also on Instagram, we're doing any more live specials. There'll be loads of pics on there. And wearegoingup.co.uk is the website. Uh, we've gone less. We've just gone sort of more away from blogs on there, but it's all the audio, all the archives, everything we've ever done. If you do want to write anything, though, feel free. Uh, Audible as well. We've There's seen no quality w- control. We'll let you do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've seen it with audible.co.uk. It's actually true. To offer you a free audiobook of your choice, you just need to register. Free one month trial. Claim your free audiobook. There's loads to pick from over 100. I got the 000. Alan Partridge one over the summer with my new free one. Excellent. Yeah, I was going to say the 30 day free trial yeah. means you can choose a free audiobook, uh, which will be yours whether you decide to cancel in the trial period. Uh, and if you trialed over a year ago, uh, the good people at Audible are giving you the chance to get your hands on another audiobook for free. So sign up at audible.co.uk slash going up. That's the all important address. Don't go to the homepage. Go to audible.co.uk slash going up. That's it. Have a brilliant first weekend of the season, everyone. We're going to be back on Friday, I think. Yeah. next week that's yeah. the plan anyway just enjoy enjoy these next few days before the season starts because Indeed. because come five o'clock yeah. on Saturday Friday Sunday whenever it is you're playing it could all be over that's a nice, op- nice optimistic <laughs> thought the to optimism the, the, the relentless optimism the, uh, the unrestricted joyful boundless optimism could all be in tatters come the end of your first game so just enjoy this time of the season that's it thanks for listening Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So we are going up. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. (laughs) 